Hello and welcome to The Graveyard Shift, the weekly horror podcast where we take listener and guest-suggested movies and break them down into the good, the bad, and anything else we find fun and or relevant. My name is Mike and I never work The Graveyard Shift alone. Please welcome the guy that wishes he was special, John. Hello, hello, it's the Sockman is back. And I think I figured out why I like socks. I think our last episode, I think we figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, in case you didn't know by that title, today's episode is What the Hell Am I Doing Here? Because we watched Creep 2, Electric Creepaloo. <laughs> Directed by Patrick Bryce, written by Mark Duplass and Patrick Bryce again. Based on characters created by Patrick Bryce and Mark Duplass, produced by Jason Bloom and Caroline Craddock, with cinematography by Patrick Bryce and Desiree Akavan. Uh, edited by Christopher Donlon, music by Julian Waz, produced by Blumhouse and Netflix, distributed by The Orchard and Netflix, released October 6th and 24th in 2017. This has a runtime of 80 minutes, so, you know, uh, we we grew by, like, three minutes compared <laughs> to the last one. Oh, yeah. It, it, it really took more time to marinate this time, for sure, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this uh, this has Mark Duplass, Desiree Akavan, and Karan Sony for all of, like, three minutes. And this has a uh, critical reception on Rotten Tomatoes of 100%. Based on 26 reviews. Stating basically Creep 2 did everything that made the original work and more. More laughs, more awkwardness, and more unsettling terror. Yeah, buddy. uh, Yeah. I gotta say, I like this a bit more. Yeah. I'll uh, I'll be getting into why. And, uh, but first, a little bit of trivia. And uh, the script being only an outline, again, focused on uh, ad-libbing. So Mark Duplass and Desiree Akavan would surprise each other with uh, their choices. And this created a more uh, natural and spontaneous tone to the film. And uh, Mark slash Aaron, uh, he fucked up while trimming his beard. And noticing the bear patch, he uh, he explained it for his character. <laughs> yeah, like a pro, right? And uh, while he's playing pool, you see a mural of a castle behind him. And that castle is the, uh, the, the New Schwanstein Castle in South Bavaria that basically Disney modeled their castle off of. <laughs> no kidding. So, huh? so, yeah, so when you look at the Disney castle and you'd be like, this looks like some fairy tale shit. It's, it's based off some I- real shit. That was also based off some fairy tale shit because the guy that commissioned the castle said, I want it to look like a fairy tale. Yeah, well, uh, I remember I was getting really, I like, in certain scenes, I'd get distracted just staring at that painting in the back, too. I was, uh, that's pretty cool bit of trivia right there, actually. Fun bit of trivia is that uh, at one point, Sarah asks Aaron if he's, gonna kill, if he's going to kill her with the blender, to which he replies, he never thought of that as a way to kill someone. And this is a direct reference to a movie that we've covered on this podcast before, You're Next. In which a character is killed with a blender. Oh, yeah. Dude, that movie's awesome. <laughs> oh, it was so good. I love that movie. Great one. Yeah, that one was a good one. We had a good, we had a good skit for that one, too, where we're basically uh, 
we're 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 the cops that uh, arrested her at the end of the movie. Oh, like, really? But we're both too scared to interview her after seeing what she did to everyone else in the house. Yeah, heck, I would be. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, check out uh, that episode of the podcast. Uh, you can always go to our website and use the search engine. You may have to use it twice because sometimes it doesn't work the first time. Thanks, uh, Squarespace. Yeah, it's a great. They're not going to be sponsoring that. this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we'll 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 get Nebula. You know, we'll we'll promote for Nebula. Great courses plus, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, man, that would be so cool to, to nail one of those deals. All right, or actually, movie that that almost be more relevant, I guess, for this. Yeah, <laughs> get sponsored by movie. <laughs> Dude, it would be like the first time with something with the word movie in it is actually good. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so, uh, what basically is the premise of this? A struggling YouTube uh, content creator is struggling to find interesting and amazing people to have encounters with. Not sexual encounters, just, you know, meeting people and opening them uh, opening up to them and you know just revealing the human condition and she stumbles upon our favorite uh fake named serial killer who's going through a bit of a midlife crisis hmm yeah it's funny to think of like someone going through a midlife crisis as a serial killer you know <laughs> so, I just don't feel that rush anymore yeah. do I though I mean right like, so, I mean he, <clears throat> It's a, uh, yeah, it's pretty good. So, do you have any uh, other trivia to uh, throw in before we get to it? Uh, you know, yeah, not really. Particularly with this one, I, I didn't know as much specifically about this movie. Um, I guess yeah, for the previous episode, we know that just these two, you know, creators, Mark Duplass and the director, came together because uh, Duplass liked the director's movie his documentary about a guy who owned the last 35 millimeter porn theater in paris <laughs> but uh yeah you know um yeah there wasn't really any if anything um I'm, I'm interested to find out if there is some more specific trivia for this movie I, i'd like to see an interview with the lead actress on this for sure see if she said anything about it you know yeah this uh I, I did a little bit of explo uh, a little bit of research on her. She's a bisexual uh, American-born Iranian, but her family fled uh, Iran mm -hmm. to uh, have a family here. And uh, I think, like she said on a, on occasion or two, like if she if her family stayed in Iran, she would be dead by now. Yeah. Oh my, that's that's pretty wild. It's pretty intense, but you know. Um yeah, I mean, it's it's awesome when people can get out of a bad situation like that and they're allowed to, like, you know, thrive and, you know, um, be able to, you know, live a life where you're able to express creativity, you know, have that room in your life, you know, you're not struggling about all these other things. Uh, yeah, living in a tumultuous place like that, you know. Yeah, she uh, did, like, a brief series called The Bisexual. Ah, <laughs> I guess about being bisexual, I assume. <laughs> oh yeah, a lot of her uh, her stories and characters are 
based on her experiences. Yeah. So she's uh, quite an active creator. Oh, that's interesting. I bet, like, probably a lot for, yeah, coming from a country like Iran, you know. Um, I don't know how... Well, I don't know specifically it didn't seem like at first glance that would be very accepting of, you know, bisexuality or just being gay in general. But, yeah, you know, I'm not sure with every specific country how their attitudes are, but... Uh, Iran is pretty fucking bad. <laughs> okay, like she, I like was she thinking said, so. De- like she said, she would definitely be dead if yeah. her family like raised her there. Right. Gotcha. Well, yeah, that would make sense. That's kind of like my first guess is, but I'm like, eh, you know, if I haven't specifically substantiated that claims with research, you know. Yeah, she was also in another uh, LGBTQ movie called The Miseducation of Cameron Post. That one had uh, Chloe Grace Moretz in it. Uh, I think oh, okay. it's about a girl that's like sent to a, a conversion camp. Oh, that sounds real pleasant. Yep. Mm. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, she's yeah done some heavy stuff. Yeah, that's pretty cool though. You know, um, you know, definitely like someone who seems like they're into the the indie movie kind of scene. You know. Like, at one point, she does, like, a nude, like, a semi-nude appearance, and, like, she's nude, but basically only if you're quick with the pause button. Yeah. It's, like, a brief little... It's a little flash there. <laughs> yeah. However, if you wa- if you watch the bisexual or found pieces of it on the internet like I did, you see that she's got no problem at all with nudity. Oh. Hmm. Gosh. Mike, are 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 you? Did you get curious when you saw this movie, and you're like, "I want to look up some other stuff." <laughs> well, let's just say I wasn't curious about Mark Duplass, <laughs> and if I was, I wouldn't be after about yeah. a, after his little reveal. Yeah, I guess if anybody out there has like you know who is just simping for Duplass out there, they are gonna love this movie. Oh yeah, if you saw <laughs> yeah. The first movie and thought, "God, can he lose the towel?" Well, boy, have we got some good news for you. Right. Can they aim the camera downward when he's in the tub, when he's doing the tubby? Can they, like, you know, go over and lean down? Yeah. you're. Don't worry. This time, this time they're not going to hold out on you. <laughs> uh, so uh, let's get to the goods. And we always start with me. I just love the fact that he is a serial killer going through a midlife crisis, complete with the man bun and spotty beard. <laughs> like he, he fucking's got yeah. the look of a guy that's just like he's 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 not getting his shit together dude yeah and oh not to mention he's like making a like a little smoothie and stuff when he's like when she enters the house and he's like just totally like you know what he's really rocking a 2017 look in that movie like straight up he reminds me of some guys i see at like fucking festivals doing morning yoga and all that like you know because me i do like the flow arts and fire spinning and all that so i hang around with that kind of there's a lot of overlap with that kind of crowd he's got like the clear bottle so you can see he's drinking like a kale smoothie oh yeah for sure like not even like a nice plastic or a metal uh bottle so that you can be like oh it's probably water like no he's letting you know i i drink like thick green fluids yeah out of like non-guilt made plastic cups it's eco-friendly and yeah (laughs) 
this isn't plastic. It's actually a variant of soy. Yeah, totally. It's like, you probably have never heard of it because it's not like produced by like slaves at Bangladesh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. This isn't yeah. like blood plastic. <laughs> right. You know, um, it, it, exactly. Yeah. It, it's not, it's not big plastic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. It's not made, it's not chemicals, man. The chemicals. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I think I, I, I'd have to say that's like, it's also a good for me. I think Mark Duplass continues to be good as the creep. Um, and you really see a, a totally different aspect of him because he has a different uh, main character, a different person to play off of. And I, I do like they do explore his background a little bit more, but it's still left ambiguous on like how much of what he's saying is true and then what's also just made up because there's definitely some parts that like there's like, you know, incongruencies between his story. So it still keeps you guessing, but yeah, we yeah. don't know. Like what's he, we're hearing a lot more from him. Yeah. But we still, he's just so fucking unreliable. Right. You Even know what says, this like, guy, I've never lied to you. Like, fuck you. Yeah. Like you've been, you know, you've been more honest than you should have been, but right. you're still lying. Yeah, and I mean, you know the kind of game that he plays. So, yeah, I mean, it's always just left open-ended whether or not, like, he could just be, again, making up all this shit as he goes. You know, he's definitely someone who plays the long game. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, I think he continues to be pretty good in this. And, and just... Like, it managed to, like, entertain me. Like, he was, like, making me laugh a lot of times. When he's, like, in the river and he's, like, <laughs> he keeps getting mad at the fucking he's bird entertaining him. <laughs> he's, like, throwing the rocks. And then he's, like, doing the arm wave thing, you know, and even, what is it, named Sarah or Desiree, like, comments on it. And he's, like, yeah, 1979. It was the end of the disco era. Like, what is he even? That's the other part where it's just. <laughs> He I don't know what you know tour, but he's got fun. He's, he's clearly struggling. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what he where he was going with this. I'm kind of interested to see what he was hoping to start with that. God, it's like he was channeling Michael Scott. <laughs> yeah, oh where he's God. trying he's trying to make his own like threat level midnight. Yeah. Oh my God, dude. You know what? This totally could have been like a part out of the office. Like seriously, this little scene. Like you I know, mean, he had the John Krasinski Quiet Place beard going on. <laughs> right. For, or first I guess he was we, regular. First he was office gym. Now he's like quiet place gym. <laughs> right. Um, you know, honestly, uh, because he was in the league, right? They totally could have had this like as a little skit from like the league. Like this is something his character in the league is doing as some weird like art project, you know, and Taco is the one filming him and keeps messing up the recording. Like it. Yeah. Oh, that was just, it's, it's definitely a good scene all around. Uh, yeah, I think Duplass is definitely continues to be fun in this movie. So anyways, yeah, I would say I have a, that's my good. That kind of matches your good there. <laughs> oh yeah. That, that uh, him in the fucking river, like either dealing with like traffic <laughs> <laughs> I mean, him trying to record this is just like fuck i know these struggles like the fucking yeah. birds outside my window <laughs> like right fuck, like 
I'm trying to do a skit here. Fuck off. <laughs> the lighting's bad and stuff. Like the sun's then like beaming in your face in this, un- this unfavorable way, you know. He's just trying to push through, and then she has to cut him off. And like, listen, you're you're completely washed out in the sun. Like, we're, and then <laughs> afterwards, it's just like, then you have no sunlight now. We've lost the sun. Say, like, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> and he just like he he pouts in the funniest fucking way possible. Oh my he god! He runs into the forest, and then she <laughs> finds him, and he's just lying face down in the dirt. This total total mommy moment right there. That. That's just like a fucking cereal aisle tantrum. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like, I can't remember what he says, but he's just like laying there face down and he like grabs her hand and then she's just like, I don't, I don't even know if we could understand him. Like his face is like, it's not like his face is lying on the dirt. His face is like, like if you like to like really throw the sand around to get in the dirt. <laughs> the way he was like laying there, I mean, he's breathing. Yeah. No shit. His like, face was so in the dirt. I'm like, how is he breathing? Yeah, like, I, I would have thought he was just, <laughs> it was like a tantrum so bad that he was like, you know, it reminded me of like, did you ever see that video with the kid? I think it was fake, but there was the kid who was like freaking out because apparently like his mom canceled his World of Warcraft account. And he's like <laughs> running around the room and he like strips off his clothes and then he's like trying to take a remote control and like shove it up his butt for some reason. <laughs> like, I don't know. He's like so mad and so angry. Like he's like hurting himself. Like he's just trying to hit himself. Like, um, and yeah, like it just gets, I'll have to send this to you if you haven't seen this video, but it's like, it's iconic. It like reminded me of that level of poutiness. Like, Sarah, you know, Desiree Akavan's character could have just, you know, easily came up to him and be like, hey, Aaron, do you, do you want to just, do you want to go back inside and watch cartoons? You know, like, I'll get you some McDonald's. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he was, he was definitely, I don't know. I think he had like this weird, like, mommy complex with her. Well, that's what I love. That was my second good. Was that the creep met his match? Yeah, for sure. He, he kept trying to jump scare her, or just like creep her out with words, and fails all the yeah. time. And then she annoys him. Yeah, with the she questions gets and him. tripping him up in his own stories. Like <laughs> right. When she mentions Coppola, and he's like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Like, like, yeah. he, like he lost his script for. For several times, it was like the game of cat and mouse became cat and also cat. Oh my god! Right, like it definitely matches that theme. I was saying that Mark Duplass. I think, well, I think they were trying to do with the first movie. It does it better in this one, where okay, there is more of that kind of ambiguity about who's really the creep here. Well, both of you guys are creeps. That that you know, like we were talking about, like the first movie. It seemed pretty clear cut, you know, who the creep was, you know, Aaron was just a guy kind of down on his luck, but definitely Sarah has a bit of this, you know, a a creep factor to her as well. Like there's, there's something shady, I guess, behind it all, you know, (laughs) I was expecting like a, like a Chucky Tiffany thing to, to, to come of it. Right. Yeah, like, no like kidding. He, like he would take her on a hunt, and she'd kind of freak out a bit, but then also be like, I, "Okay, I, I mean, like I got to walk a mile in your shoes to understand you." So, uh, we might be pre-spoiling it. That, that spoiler. That's 
Creep Three. That's the plot to Creep Three. You know, <laughs> I say Creep, like, three. Creep Three. She's just like, I can't stay mad at you. Yeah, I think like it, yeah, just as much as Mark Duplass was good in this, I really like Desiree Akvon's contribution to this overall uh, piece. I mean, well, you could tell you gotta had somebody who is more of actually an actor this time. Nothing, hey, nothing wrong with Bryce. I mean, yeah, he does his role well, but, you know, I felt like you just, he's a little more of a blank slate. Let's put it that way, you know? Yeah, plus the fact that he kept videotaping himself. <laughs> yeah, there is like, it's it's less justified in that movie. This movie, I think, like, it makes a little more sense with Desiree to be, or with Sarah as the character, uh, to be, Filming it just because, yeah, that is literally and she's what a she documenter. She's yeah, like a she videographer. Get... Yeah, a videographer films someone else. So, like, yeah, you know, records and... footage for someone else, records their story. Yeah, her, she's recording her life, her story, and she's got like a, a reason to put it out. So, this is like a good. I forgot to write down. It justifies the found footage angle. Like I said before. Much better, Make yeah. it make sense. Make it a part of the person's actions. And this movie does it. I said it can be done. And I was fucking right. This justified everything that she recorded or carried the camera around because she's actually talking to her own audience rather than I'm just filming this fucking shit for myself. Yeah. It's like much more. It's like, hey, you want to get every candid moment you can. And well, and even though they agree, I guess she's going to film him. They still could have done this angle where, you know, her character's definitely not somebody who's beyond recording somebody secretly without their knowing or consent too. like, yeah, she wants make... to be famous. So exactly. Like, she has a so motivation she... for exactly. Yeah. No. It, yeah. That, that is, it's definitely done better in this movie. Uh, yeah. It kind of works in. So, yeah, I didn't find myself getting kind of taken away from the movie asking, like, you know, I, plot holes are endemic to any movie, but, you know, when you get too caught up on a plot hole, that's, there's something not working. If I'm, if I can't let something go, then it, it must be pretty bad, you know? Like, yeah, suspension of disbelief does not mean turning a blind eye to all the faults. Yeah, honestly, there's a lot of stuff I can overlook. Like, if I overanalyze any movie, I can pick shit out. But it's more about when I watch this movie, is it so, like, you know, do I have to really nitpick? Or is it, like, something that's really glaringly obvious that it takes me out of the movie? It's like, if I'm able to pick it up on my first time watching it, that's a bad sign. But, you know, hey, if I pick it apart after I watch the movie five times, I'm like, well, that's a nitpick. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. Yeah, so everything was Again, every action has to be a justified choice when it's a found footage movie, and this one never had me asking why they why why would they be recording this? Because yes. we understand her motivations; she has a reason to, you know, try to get everything out of this guy or share her thoughts in private. Everything has a reason, and it's just the bare minimum of what I asked for, and we got it. Yep. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Let me see here. If I can think of another good to throw on here. I mean, it's a lot of stuff rolled into one because you got the two actor performances. Um, 
Well, I, I think I would just say I, I appreciate from a broad perspective that they didn't just completely rehash the plot of the first one. They obviously recognize that the suspense is blown now. You know what what Joseph or Aaron or whatever his name actually is. You know he's a serial killer. You know all this stuff about him. So they just actually take this in a completely different direction and just do something different with what they've already laid out. And I just I appreciate that. So it just didn't feel like I was watching like a, a more a lackluster version of the first one, you know, just retreading it. Um, Cause I mean, yeah, you could just as easily do that, but you know, it, uh, and I, I think it just manages, I, I already said before, I think it manages to like convey the themes that they were trying to do with the first one. I think they convey it a little bit better with this one, you know? So. Yeah. Because it wasn't trying to like hide the twists. And uh, another good that I like, and uh, spoilers, as always, uh, Sarah gets away. Yeah. I mean, I liked her despite her obviously terrible judgment. Yes. She wanted an honest encounter with, you know, an interesting wounded person, and damn it, she got one. Yeah. And lived to tell the tale, although... We don't know if she got famous or if she decided to, like, scrap the episode or not. We, that's, like, a, a, a question we don't know. Like, did she call the cops? Like, are they hunting this guy? Did they find his, like, one of his houses? Yeah. We don't know. We just see her walking down the street later on getting stalked by someone who clearly is Aaron still alive. Yeah. Nice little ending right there the way it like kind of wrapped itself up and you know i, I like when it's let it, it doesn't explain too much so it's you know uh leaves it a little open-ended but um and, and you know i think they managed to toe this line well where i think she's still pretty likable despite also maybe having some questionable ethics here and there you know she uh still comes around as being pretty likable and like i don't know yeah it's cool to see that she actually survives this one you know you almost kind of see it coming she's almost just a little too smart for him you know yeah that was pretty pretty fun yep. like especially when we think she's dead right and he's just looking at the camera doing like a little memorial I, I, <laughs> like giving her own eulogy <laughs> while she's sneaking up behind him with the shovel right i you know I just kept wondering what is going to be the big crazy thing that he's going to pull off towards the end. And like, um, you know, cause he already knew the false alarm with the whole staging, the suicide thing on his end. But then like, uh, you know, you just keep wondering what is going to be the big creep moment. And he's like, Oh, we're going to die like Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, I mean, I was a little surprised when she did come back. I thought, okay, yep. So he killed her. So here we go. He wins again kind of thing. But, yep, um, she does survive this one. And yep, and we guess that Aaron does, unless it's, found, unless it's revealed somehow later that he is dead. But because she aired the episode, someone decided to copy Aaron's work. We don't fucking know. 
if she released that episode or not. A oh, plot twist. It's actually Aaron, the real Aaron from the first movie. <laughs> and he's got he had reconstructive surgery on his on his head or something. And he did they had he got the te- the surgical team from Washington for the movie Face Off to do surgery on his head. <laughs> and, and somehow like Rever- reverse face off. Yeah. Or no, you know what it is? We- it's actually oh, they switched brains. So the one who's in Joe's like it's actually Joseph is actually in Aaron's body, and then Aaron was actually in the Joseph's body. It's like it's whole crazy. <laughs> That's gonna be the plot to Creep Three. It's gonna just completely go off the walls. You know, we we get a startling death match between Aaron and Aaron. Yeah. Oh, and dude. I'm like, I am Aaron. No, I'm Aaron. I'm yeah. Aaron. I'm also Aaron. Oh, they're gonna duel like uh, they're gonna face off like uh, the end of the movie Scanners. Uh, like. Uh, Oh god! Like when the two guys are like doing a scanner matchup, and at the end of it, uh, was it the main character took on? Uh, was it Michael Ironside's body? <laughs> like his main body got destroyed, but then he like his mind went inside Michael Ironside. <laughs> it's like I haven't seen that movie in such a long time. All I remember is like the news guy getting blown up. <laughs> yeah, that's like the part everyone remembers. But people remember it was it was a kind of. Uh, bleak, you know, sci-fi thriller it was. I don't know. It was, it was a cool movie. Interesting. Yeah, we should cover that for the show. We've covered some uh, David Cronenberg shit before, like Rabid. Oh, so you have? I'm surprised you haven't done Scanners yet. Well, shit, put that on the list. That's well, you know, it's got to be on the fucking list. We gotta, we gotta do that eventually. Yeah, it's a good. Yeah, if you're doing Cronenberg, that's. I think that's one of the better Cronenberg movies for sure. <laughs> um. Yeah, so, yeah, somehow we go from talk about creep to scanners, you know. That's a cool <laughs> do you transition. Have any, uh, do you have any more goods? Um, mm, yeah, nothing really big. I, I guess I could just say, hey, the, I, I like the mountain setting again. It's it's beautiful. They have a nice house. and It really matched, uh, I guess, Aaron's little yoga boy aesthetic. He was rocking there. <laughs> so that's a, that's a mini good. <laughs> a little tidbit. Yeah. All right. And another one of his uh my last good is related to another one of his pouting sessions. <laughs> is when he's in the hot tub <laughs> and, and he's just jamming this this song. Yeah. We we can't hear it because you know like when you re- when you do a recording of a of a playing song it's it's always going to sound <laughs> terrible. His jam band stuff. But at the end of the credits, since we got Peach Fuzz in the first credits, at the end of the credits for this one, we got to hear Sarah Loves Her Juicy Fruit. Oh my god, dude. That's fucking awesome. Dude, I didn't... I, see, I need to tune in and listen to that too. I didn't, like, you know, I missed that in this movie, because I missed it in the first movie, like the song at the end. Well, Sarah does love her juicy fruit. Oh, you know what? You inspired me. I do have another good, okay? I don't know if it's true or not, but Aaron got his first kiss. Yeah. Aw, it's so sweet. <laughs> I was like, yeah, let's. I'm cheering for the psychopath. Yay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Either or he just put the, the cleverest ploy to get someone in bed with him. Though he didn't really actually you know take it further than that but still i was like man he's playing he's playing some weird angle right here man <laughs> yeah i 
again, I, I just, he lies so fucking much. I think he was just lying on that one, because. Right. I, 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 yeah. I can't imagine that, like, he hadn't uh, gotten some action, or at least, like, some females being attracted to him, because, you know, Mark Duplass, spoiler alert, kind of an okay-looking dude. Yeah, well, I, I okay, I did think the way he was telling his story, it seemed a little believable, I think, but maybe that's his charm. So, again, it's one of those questions left up to there, but some part of me likes to think, like, hey, maybe he really just felt, like, a little vulnerable around Sarah, because Sarah's so good at breaking down his defenses, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, well, statistically, yeah. like, we don't know. He lies so much. Right. Because he lied before it's about like, having a wife who's pregnant. So, you know, in that story, of course, he, he, he'd been kissed. Like, let's, why don't we, let's, let's look at this movie. Let's do an analysis uh, as, like, this is a retelling of Beauty and the Beast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was a tale uh, as old as time. Yeah. This is actually just a retelling of a classic tale, all right? <laughs> uh, like, uh, Beauty and the Incel. <laughs> right oh man it, it was like uh, um the in, it's the influencer and the incel <laughs> <laughs> yeah well yeah so there we go that, that was like now that you mentioned it there's just there's a lot of good moments of weirdness in this movie <laughs> yeah when he when he when he mentioned a text like uh sarah was his favorite song I really thought that it was going to be like the the Starship song Sarah from the eighties. <laughs> Sarah, Sarah. How much better? But this movie could get like legendary status if that was the actual song. <laughs> yeah, I think there should be a director's cut where they just change that. You know. <laughs> uh, so. I guess now that we're all out of goods, we can get to the bads. All right. We start with our guests. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's say for the bad. Um, hmm. I. I don't know. I think the. I kind of almost said like the opening scene with. Uh, just didn't seem a little with Karen Sony just. Maybe seemed a little redundant. I don't know. I mean, it was still like an entertaining scene how it's done. Uh, but I could say, you know, it seemed a little unnecessary. But um, it still wasn't bad. I don't know. It's not a major bad. I mean, um, it was hard. It's hard for me to really think of ones that just like really was like, like a thorn in my side. But yeah, you could say maybe that part was just a little added, tacked on. I guess it was supposed to be like, a, in case you missed the first creep, this is all you need. This was the recap you missed. Yeah, I guess it does serve that role. It just, it um, it kind of stands out for the rest of the movie. And, and, you know, again, this isn't really even a major bad with it. It's just kind of like if you got rid of this scene, you could still make the work, the movie work, you know? Yeah, but I guess they probably got criticism about being 77 minutes long last time. So they're just like, what can we do for three minutes to, you know, make this like a real official movie? Yeah. But right. I don't know. Let's go. Let's kill some Hari Kondabulu lookalike. Yeah. You know, it, it actually there was that that scene, though, does kind of remind me, I guess, the way Aaron shows up at his house when he like, calls his friend and. 
I kept thinking of like that part in like office space because, um, you know, honestly, Mark Duplass in some ways, sometimes he kind of reminds me of Ron Livingston, to be honest. Uh, I think they look a little bit alike, not majorly, just sometimes like from certain angles, I guess. But it kept reminding me of like Ron Livingston invited his neighbor Lawrence over, you know, uh, and then Lawrence ended up murdering him or something. Oh, you know, Peter, <laughs> you know, like that's like, some about that scene is <laughs> if I just like called my friend over who I can hear through the walls, you know, and just at the end of that exchange, he ends up murdering me. It's like, hey, hey, Peter, you ever you ever wonder why uh, as soon as we met, you started getting these packages in the mail? You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's kind of where my head with it. So two bodies yeah. at the same time. Yeah, yeah, two bodies at the same time. <laughs> hell, hell, hell no. Hell, I believe you get your ass kicked. I believe you get your ass stabbed where, where I work. <laughs> Saying some shit like that around here, whatever the fucking line is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, my first bad was, you know, I wasn't expecting Dong. <laughs> but then when... She uh, when she goes, oh my turn, and I'm like, okay, so you know a little a little a little tit for tat, all right. But then we don't get the tit because he focuses on her face, which you know, yeah. which you know speaks to his character because he's more about like expression rather than you know physical attractiveness and all that. But you know, I I feel that we got dongfished on that one. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Luck- I mean, luckily hey. the internet provided. Hey, they went, they needed to up the ante, so they did it right out the gate, okay, you know? I mean, like, uh, what? what's next for Creep 3? Full erection. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. They're going full cocked on that one. <laughs> yeah, no, no, yeah, no, no, no helicopter action, no helicopter situation here. We got, like, the full Creep, flagpole. Creep 3 for that, he took three Viagra, all right? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Hmm. Well, let me see if I can think of it. Like another bad. Uh, hmm. Well, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I guess I could say like the the jam band music seemed like it would have just put me to sleep. I don't know what. Like, I I didn't really like the song that much. It just sounded like it sounded like elevator music to me. <laughs> but I guess really it's not much of a bad, I mean, it's just not a very good song, but I love his obsession with it and his like, his mythologizing of it. Cause wasn't he saying a story like about how he like saw the band that was playing this. And then like that night he also got like, he hitchhiked with this guy who tried to kill him. And then he ended up killing that guy. And it was like the same night that he came back from a concert, seeing the band that played this, I don't know. It was some weird. I, I liked his mythologizing of it all, but the song itself is just pretty bad. I, I was kind of with Sarah on this, where I was like, "This uh, cra- crappy '90s jam band." <laughs> He's been playing for the last what, like something hour? Yeah, like like a like a Rubenu's B track. <laughs> yeah, no shit. I guess it's a bad that was also kind of a good. It's it, it kind of just loops back into the whole Mark Duplass just it was worth- taking this. It was like the, the failed. Neuro- it was the failed follow up to "Want to Be Your Boyfriend." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god, man. Um, 
But yeah, I guess I could say that. I mean, I'm sorry. Maybe his, his the psychopath's choice in music is rather psych, psycho, I guess. <laughs> oh yeah, my next bad was that I was getting some uh, ending of Scream vibes when he does the self-stabbing and he's like, okay, now it's your turn. <laughs> oh yeah. Sarah, uh, I'm feeling kind of woozy here. Oh god, yeah. Get oh, in man. the We're fucking so- hole. We're, we need Matthew Lillard in here. Oh, God, Billy, you hit me with the phone! <laughs> <laughs> My dad's going to uh, be mad. Yeah, did you really call the cops? Yeah, man, I need to watch the first Scream again. I haven't seen that in forever. That's a great uh, great uh, performance out of Matthew Lillard. But, yeah, it very much was a, a scene out of that, you know, Um I think with like every horror movie can really or not every but a lot of horror movies can struggle with the ending like so many movies are like that they start off really good and there's just always something like I if I have criticisms it's always the ending is always something that criticizes like it it gets criticized and uh, this one didn't have the worst ending but you know it wasn't the best either it's a little anticlimactic. So, uh, my final bad is just Sarah, like, just double tap with the shovel. I, I mean, I, I would kind of hope that she would at least try to finish the guy off. And I was really expecting her to be narrating the episode of Encounters at the end. Like, her walking down the street saying, like, it was three weeks after my encounter with the man who went by the name Aaron, who I later discovered was one of his victims after the police found his collection. Like, you think... She fucking tell anyone what happened. She survived an encounter with a serial killer. She should be famous. He should be famous. At least his face should be famous. A pretty big missed opportunity right there. To yeah, no news cuts or anything. Yeah, like a pretty, uh, it, you know, would have again been in line with her character. You know, she definitely, I mean, hey, she definitely got the best episodes of Encounters right there. You know, like she wanted he wanted to give her <laughs> um yeah that would have made much more sense and like if if the movie like it they could have taken it a different way if they weren't going to do a creep three had her actually finish him off and then she finishes the movie the way that he finished the first movie you know uh, he's like talking in front of the camera sort of narrating it so then she does that and it's like closing out an episode of encounters while talking about Aaron and all that. Oh man, that could have been cool. Uh, but yeah, horror movie logic, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we'll have to wait till Kutri to find out like, has his cover been blown? Is he famous or did for some reason, some fucked up reason, she just decided I'm just going to pretend that didn't happen. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Watch, they don't even mention her at all in the in the third movie. We just, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, who was that? Oh, I don't know, just some person from the past. So, anyways, the plot of this movie, you know, she'll just be an afterthought. Hmm. And that was that weird dream I had about where I where I hunt where I stalked a YouTuber. Oh yeah, there we go. That's it's the, it's all a dream. That's what they're gonna, that's what they're gonna go with the classic. Classic way to get your way out of any writing mistake. It was just yeah. a dream, okay? <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I also dreamed for some reason it was all found footage. <laughs> yeah, for some reason. Uh, hey, man, I just, I'm all about that analog horror, you know? <laughs> yeah, not often I dream in a very precarious format, but there we go. <laughs> right. Hmm. So uh, now we'll take it to the uh, what the fucks. And oh, I guess yeah. my only what the fuck is, like, now he's quiet place John Krasinski. <laughs> yeah this guy, I mean, this guy cannot escape being a gym copy nope nope not at all like he's going through the same character evolution just also he's a killer you know yep. also just with a regular size nose that's one thing he's got over john krasinski because it, it, it did you ever see quiet place oh you know what i haven't i i that is like actually on my playlist to watch at some point well uh, semi-spoiler there's a scene where like he puts his finger to his mouth to, to like quietly like shush someone to be quiet because you know yeah th- that's the premise of the movie they got to be quiet right but uh, <laughs> he actually like bangs his finger into his nose and has to like push it off to this his finger off to the side to put his finger up to his lips oh and god like, I, I had to put that in my notes like he forgot how big his own nose is. <laughs> well, here's the plot he's twist. He's lived with it his entire fucking life, and he's yeah. like, oh, right, it's that big. It's like, let me ask I you forgot, something. I forgot to adjust my finger trajectory to shush. Right. I'm going to come out with a conspiracy video here. I'm like, okay, have you ever seen Mark Duplass and John Krasinski in the same room? You haven't, <laughs> have you? Because... Mark Duplass is John Krasinski after he got a nose job. <laughs> okay. <laughs> a quiet place made him realize that he needed to reduce the size of it. And he changed his identity and everything, you know. <laughs> but no one would hire him anymore because they re- they wouldn't recognize him. He it's, suffered the Jennifer Grey problem. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, man. That's... I, yeah, they wouldn't that, even consider hiring me for Quiet Place too, and I wrote that movie. <laughs> no, <you> well, <laughs> you lost it, man. You know, yeah, you were gonna be um, what is he? Was he Jack Reacher? I think that's the show he's been doing lately. The character that's from like all the Tom Clancy books or something. I don't know. Like, I think that was the show he's been doing most recently. John Krasinski. Yeah. Yeah, the Amazon, the Amazon exclusive Mission Impossible. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he's. I don't know. You know, he's. I don't know. How do you come t- up with a name like that? Every time I hear that, I just think is his like that's his middle name, and his <laughs> last name is around. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, Jack Reacher around, Reacher around there. <laughs> yeah, fucking. John Krasinski, man, he's a total military simp now. So <laughs> that would be a great, <laughs> that would be a great way to deal with enemy agents instead of like sneaking up behind them and like slitting their throats or anything. You just like jerk them off into like a mild stupor, <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, stop! There's a guy here!" Ah. Oh my ah. god! And then they yeah. just like pass out, and they're good for like 15 minutes. <laughs> you need a nap. <laughs> Dude, have you? Oh man, that's right. Have you ever seen Orgasmo? No, I haven't. Oh, okay. That's all right. That's the movie you definitely gotta watch. It's like uh, with Trey Parker, and Matt Stone. 
yeah, it, it's I don't want to give away too much of the plot, but there's like this thing called the Orgasmerator. It's like a zap machine that makes people have an orgasm, and like that's like what it remind me of for a second. He's like zapping people. Like, he zaps the villains, and they're like, oh, oh, that feels good. And then they, like, get they get stunned and get knocked out from pleasure, I guess. <laughs> yeah, like, that, uh, it feels like Jack Reacher would be, like, the perfect villain for Orgasmo. Like, it's a perfect villain name for a hero named Orgasmo. Jack Reacher around. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's like, oh, you know what it is? He's an evil version of fucking, uh, what is it? Uh, Mr. Fantastic, you know? It's reach around, so it goes his, his or like... He's a, or he's a good version of the cock knocker from... Uh, <laughs> oh my god, from, from, yeah, from Jay and Solid Bob Strike Back. Yeah. yeah, why do they call you cock knocker? Hey, fun, funny story, true story, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, like instead of just like destroying your genitals, he just, you know, overuses them to the point where you're overstimulated and you pass out. And by the time you wake up to be like, Hey, there's a guy in the bay. Oh, it's on fire already. Oh boy. I am so fired. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Okay, so you know, aside from us pitching, yeah, much where better, were we? Here? Much better Amazon series. <laughs> God, I know, right? Yeah, where, what were we talking about? <laughs> right. Well, we, we we were talking about how could we outgross the third season of The Boys, and you know what? I think we did it. Yeah. Oh man, we're taking the Love Snake to a whole new, whole new level. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need to start watching season three. I've been waiting for it to finish so I can binge it all. Oh, dude, oh. it's 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 so good. I can't wait for the next episode tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know so. where they're going with this. But it's <laughs> I like it. I like it. I'm on the yeah. Edge yeah, of my I, seat. I love this. Like the, the original comic had its own flair, but also like some real edgelord shit to it. Yeah. But this took it in a, this took it in a much more like likable direction. Like he uh, made like even the villains you know, somewhat more likable, even though they're deployed. Well, apparently he made Homelander so likable that a bunch of right-wingers are just surprised in the third season to find out, wait a minute, he's a villain? It's like, yes, your sensibilities are so fucking skewed by your conservative ideology that you did not know the Homelander from the boys was evil. Oh, what the he fuck? He dated a fucking Nazi. A literal fucking Nazi. Wait, wait. Oh. And it never occurred to them, like, oh, that might be a bad thing that he thinks oh, they're wait. okay. Okay, I, I thought, guess... I thought he was just open-minded. I guess it doesn't... And willing su- to listen to their perspective, like Joe Rogan. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, you know what? I never thought of it that way, right? Like, um... Wow, so you think the Jews should be rounded up and exterminated? That's crazy, man. Have you tried DMT? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I like you, you like me. Have you ever tried DMT? Fucking <laughs> Oh, I wish I could say I made that up, but that was a meme I saw. But it was, it was just perfect to the Joe Rogan fucking I love you song right there. It's the Joe Rogan mating call right there. Oh <laughs> uh, fuck you. I wish they had that. That's like one thing they could have done. Just like have like some of the villains on the Joe Rogan podcast, like just being fucking evil and deplorable. And he's like, that's an interesting perspective, man. I never saw it that way. 
Yeah. Like, oh. just, just to show that he has absolutely no moral center and cannot no. be, you know, concerned with the well-being of anyone else rather Dude. than himself. Yeah, like, Rogan, even a few years ago, like, he was all... Like he was like a Bernie bro a year some years back, but dude, ever since he, I swear, ever since he moved to Texas, us us Texans down here are like rotting his mind. Unfortunately, like I mean, I I can't I can't speak for the rest of my fellow Texans out there, but yeah, I definitely feel like uh, I, I don't I don't feel exactly like I fit in here these days. <laughs> and ever since he moved to Texas, I feel like he's like become a bit more apologetic for just these some of these lunatics out there, you know? All these people being mad at white supremacists, I mean, come on, white supremacists make up a good part of our population. Shouldn't we consider giving them a uh, a fair respect for their opinions? I mean, they, they, no. they, get, they get oppressed by the, the majority of people. Yeah. You know, there's this minority getting oppressed by this majority of people that, you know, uh, actually... Yeah. You know, I, I I used to be left left minded, but they're so intolerant of other people's perspectives. Yeah, don't, right. Don't you find it to be hypocritical that they hate white supremacists almost as much as white supremacists hate other <laughs> non white people? Yeah, what you the hell, think man? About it? Double standards, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. So I'm just being I'm just being open minded and like you know everyone's got a side. Yeah, for sure. Everybody does. You know. Hey. <laughs> We 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 can agree to disagree, right? <laughs> yeah, we can just dis- we can have different opinions and still be friends. Yeah, we it's like disagree. no, <laughs> it's all good, man. You just come over here, smoke a blunt on my my live show, and we're all good. Everybody thinks you're cool now. <laughs> yeah, everyone thinks you're relatable. Yeah, exactly. I, I I'd like to have a beer with him, <laughs> but you know that doesn't surprise me. But I still didn't realize. That people had that bad of reading of the boys that they thought Homelander was not a villain. Like, I don't know if it took you three seasons to realize this. I'm because like, because they saw because you know why? Because they saw themselves in him, and they're like, they oh, saw Trump. The- yeah, because Eric Kripke said specifically, I based the Homelander off of Donald Trump. Yeah, the way I, he I, acts, the way he thinks about himself, the way he needs people to uh, love him. And yeah. praise him like uh, a man that's so egotistically weak, and oh, that yeah. is why they thought Homelander was a hero because they saw Trump too. They just didn't see, oh, Trump is bad. Yeah. What? Well, this is why conservative comedy sucks and it always fails because I, I yeah I'm I'm getting because it's me. Yeah. It's about punching down. It's about, you know, hey, you know yeah. those trans well, people? And, Aren't they fucking stupid for wanting to just be tolerated? Why yeah. don't they just be normal like us? Well, and it, it always sucks because it's always about, like, I swear, like, conservatives are the most media illiterate people I've ever, like, come across like just everything is bad reading <laughs> yeah their jokes but, aren't based in reality they don't have a, an understanding yeah like, com- comedy is about speaking truth to power or being just wildly absurd and that's neither yep here it's we not go absurd, man. it's just cruel yeah are we tra- we're, we're gonna get uh, we're gonna get some hate mail for this episode here you know if somebody's out Dude. here listens to this and they they're they're a trumper we, we've just pissed them off if thoroughly. I've lost a conservative viewer please let me know if I've yeah. lost a conservative <laughs> listener please let me know that I had a conservative listener up to now and tell me why you thought 
I fucking cared about what you thought <laughs> up until now. Yeah, I, I like, got. Please, I, please make it a one thousand word essay. Yeah, exactly, man. Well, hell, we'll send some hate mail, and as long as there's not too many expletives, you'll read it live. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh man. Well, yeah. That's uh. Yeah, like I said, man. These 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 movies are magic, man. They make us go down some rabbit holes. <laughs> uh so that micro rant is over. Yeah, um, right. I want to give this uh, as a rating. Oh wait, we got to talk about the kill of the week. <laughs> Nobody died in this one except for the replay of Aaron. So uh, you know what? Not even a winner by default. Nobody died. So uh, inapplicable. Yeah. Oh wait, wait. Oh, here's what oh. here's what here's what could have died. The bird. We oh. never saw that he missed the bird. We know who threw what? he threw rocks at the bird, and we did not hear the bird later on. So oh, it's yeah. entirely possible he nailed that bird. It probably was. And well, we did leave out Dave, the guy I talked about in my bad. Where oh fuck, Dave. Yeah, he died in the he very was, beginning. Was a kill in this movie. Fuck me. Yeah, but the bird is still better. I'd still say the bird is the kill of the week, though. The bird <laughs> is the best. The bird is the better hypothetical kill. Yeah, that may or may not exist. <laughs> Dave, however, is the substantiated. It's like kill. totally having a Michael Scott moment there. That that just that just that <laughs> no! scene is just no, 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 no. Oh yeah, and then leading up to his pout, man. Oh, that was, was a Michael Scott pout. <laughs> yeah, just lying, did, like doing his own little timeout, face face in the dirt, like <laughs> pushed into the dirt, like a fucking like an ostrich trying to bury its egg. Uh, yeah, I wonder how fun that was for him. Like he's really dedicating himself right there, like keeping his head down that long. You know, filming. I, I that. figured like he had to have like a tube or something. I hope they to did like, that in to one like take. Be breathing yeah. up behind him like a tube running down his pant leg or something. So <laughs> it, you just wonder, like he can't, he can't speak or breathe with all that dirt, like up right up against his face. Yeah, and he's like right next to a log too. That I'd be worried there'd be like fucking spiders and ticks and stuff all living in it and stuff. Or was he was he next to a rock or was he next to a log? I can't quite remember. I think he was between a rock and a hard place. Oh. <laughs> Or between a nice. rock and a quiet place, Krasinski. So, oh uh, yeah, uh, like I said, that that's definitely some juicy, juicy fruit, uh, <laughs> juicy fruit content right there. Juicy fruit of the loom, and you know, Sarah junk. loves her juicy fruit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, perfect. Uh, so, uh, I guess your kill would be the bird. <laughs> yeah, I would have possible, to go with the bird, bird, man. Yeah, the, definitely the bird. Yeah, it's. I, I like to think of that, you know. It's like it's a kill that can. I like kills that also can make me laugh, you know. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna give it a, a rating of four annoying bird interruptions out of five. Righty. It, uh, it did an excellent job of keeping us off balance, not knowing what's coming. I mean, considering like how many so many horror movies exist that the audience has become like so savvy, you almost got to factor that in to be like, how do I stand out from every other fucking movie that's existed while not doing something completely unrelatable? <laughs> so it, it's becoming challenging. Yeah. And so it kept us off balance. We didn't know what's coming around the bend. Like we, I, I honestly thought at one point he was going to take her out stalking. To kill someone and she had to be like 
she had to decide, am I going to go over this edge? Like, how committed am I to indulge in someone else's experience? Because yeah. we saw her, like, cuddle another person. We saw them do indulge, like, another guy's baby talking session. Yeah. So, like, she, she was nurturing people's proclivities and weirdness. Yeah. So I thought it would not be impossible for her to be like, you know what? Maybe I should walk a mile in this guy's shoes and stab some person. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, that could be the third film. She could be walking hand in hand with him, like just, you know, looking at him, doe eyed, eating like a, a popsicle and just is just happy, you know. <laughs> Imagine me and you and you and me. Together, well, they roll. No the matter dice. who, no matter who we cut and slice, it has to be. <laughs> yeah, so happy together. I can't see me killing with nobody but you for all <laughs> my life. Oh, that 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 would be a beautiful thing. So, uh, let's see. I think I uh, I think I would give it the same. I give it. Four, uh, four Jesus complexes out of five. <laughs> I think his, his like his whole flowing. I think Sarah even makes a comment too how he's like trying to act like he's like Jesus. He's like floating on the water. It was nineteen seventy nine. The is the end of the disco era. <laughs> yeah. So four out of five. I think this movie. Um, I think it conveys better the themes that it was trying to convey. It does it better than the first film does. Um, and it still he's has challenged. Yeah, he's challenged. he's challenged by this and by his it, prey. It still keeps to those motifs about exploring. I don't know, like personal boundaries. But now it's like it goes. It's a push and pull type thing. You know, it's um, they're both. It, it, you have two boundary pushers that are sort of together and seeing how they interact with each other, kind of repel each other. Um, yeah, I think it it, it gives um, definitely Aaron slash Joseph our, our creep another creep to bounce off of, and yeah, and you get to see him unravel a lot. Um, yeah, I think all around it's just it's some good chemistry between the actors, um, and you know, again, I think they better justified the found footage format as it as you were explaining. Um, she had a reason for filming everything she did, every action she took. Yes, you know, it all fits in line with it. And um, <laughs> even reminiscing of the other one where it's just like, I'm in a situation I'm not comfortable in, but I'm going to do something I think is smart. Yeah. And she like shows like the boot, the, the knife that she's tucking in her boot. Right. You know, ne never thinking, what if he goes through this and sees my camera later on? Yeah. And he, and he sees me saying where I hid my knife. Yep. Yeah, I mean, he's that level of so calculating, smart. so... People thinking they're smart. Yeah, it, it's actually... It, it. What I like, too, is it does... She does do some logical things there. Like, something that probably we would do, because we think we're smart, you know, but... I wouldn't guy, videotape it. Yeah, you know, um... But, yeah, at least it's, like, for the viewers, so it's like, yeah, you're blinded by, like, how good of content that's just going to make on social media it's like all around i think the film works you know nothing really it took me out of it um so yeah i'm interested to see what they do with the third movie um i think all around it's nice that they just did something different 
and good at the same time with this, rather than just trying to make it like, oh, you know, here's Joseph. He's got another person. He's going to do the same exact thing and kill them, you know, and there you go. Creep to roll credits. You know, it's just, <laughs> it's like a, it's, it's like a mediocre, it's just a lackluster retreading of the first movie. I'm just glad it didn't do that. So. Yeah. I mean, like the first two was about people who like film things for a living. So, you know, he went after like a, basically like a wedding videographer, dude. Yeah. He went after a YouTuber. So who would be next? Like influences are pretty, pretty big. Do you think he'd go after like a Twitch streamer next? Oh, yeah, right. I can play the Twitch streamer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that I could see something like that going, you know, or like a TikTok star or something. <laughs> yeah. A TikTok. Yeah, right. It's like, oh, because, you know, actually that could kind of work in the plot, too, because there have been like reports and stuff of people, sometimes like gruesome videos sometimes getting put on TikTok that, you know, they get taken down, but for they're there for like a few <laughs> hours like stuff be like beheading he videos. Kills, he, he so he starts talkers, but because it's so violent, they get taken down, which well, coincidentally means no one knows what he looks like because the footage keeps, keeps getting removed. Right. And then it'll be like, it'll be like some video. Like if you go to his channel, it'll be videos. It'll be some videos of him dancing with the peach fuzz mask on <laughs> going back and forth. And then, and then all of a sudden it'll be a video of him, like supposedly killing somebody, but almost it's like staged to where people think it's fake, you know? But then yeah, they don't this, guy, he's, this guy can make horror movies. He's good. Like th- these kills look real. Yeah, I mean, like you know, you could. I mean, you could almost make that work a little bit into the plot. Like he does videos that are so good that people almost think they're fake, and he's able to put them on TikTok. But they're actually videos of him like dragging a body, like burying it, like he was showing to Aaron in the first movie. I imagine he just uploads that to TikTok, and then it'll be that, and then it'll be then videos of him dancing his peach fuzz, and then. I don't know, even just some weird video of like, hey, this is me taking a bath, you know. Hey, do you ever like to play with your children in the bath, you know? Get those tootsies wet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. All right, TikTok tub time. (laughs) Yeah, TikTok tub time. Oh, man. There we go. Creep three. We've already we now we sorry guys, we have spoiled the plot to that. ASMR. His ASMR where he's in the tub like (laughs) <laughs> oh my god yes oh my man him as a freaking asmr artist uh, artist that that would be the most like fucking 2022 or 2023 like plot device ever if they if that's what the I, just that would, shaking i want to be your friend i have a lion, <laughs> a lion but really i'm a lot more like a rabbit <laughs> Oh, I can see it now. Man, this is man, this is good material, man. I think they're having trouble finishing up this movie, so maybe they just maybe they you know what you know what it is? I think they finished the movie they and so they realize ideas they're just like we don't know where to start filming because we got well, so many fucking great ideas. I think this is why this movie's taking a while to come out. It's because they finish filming the movie and then the runtime is only like 50 minutes. And like, God, it's even shorter. It's like, <laughs> fuck, we got to put more stuff in this movie. And it's like, we thought we were going to get an hour and a half out of this movie, but we only got like less than an hour. Like, fuck. <laughs> well, exactly. We, we got some more, more stuff to flesh out the plot. <laughs> oh, man. Excellent. Excellent. 
Well, yeah. Hopefully Creep 3 comes out soon, and I'd be happy to do that one, too, when that comes out. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've been, I, if you've been listening to these two titles, I think you know what the third title is going to be for that movie, so... Oh, yeah. we we, I think so. It, it, it's... It, you know, we get to see the magic happen right here, you know? Like... The, this is the the idea room right here. We're in the writer's room right now. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> this is where the magic happened, guys. Uh, but we'll have to see what we do uh, next week. But if you want to suggest anything, uh, hit us up on the Facebook page on the uh, on the actual website, the strangebiscuits.com website, and uh, you can make your suggestions. And if you want to fast track them, uh, support the show financially for as little as a dollar a month. You can. Uh, We've got some extra content, and if I uh, actually see some people using the Patreon, I'll uh, I'll get back to making more uh, more bonus episodes that are exclusive, like stuff that either uh, you know is just too bad for the feed, or you know whatever. And if you uh, you make a suggestion and donate, you'll get bumped up pretty damn fast, cause I am for sale. So. Until next time, I'm Mike. And I'm John the Sockman. And thank you for joining us on The Graveyard Shift. The Graveyard Shift is a Strange Biscuits production. Visit our website at strangebiscuits.com slash graveyardshift to hear all of our previous episodes. Subscribe to us, rate, and review us on CastBox, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, and Spotify. And don't forget to check out our Instagram at The Graveyard Shift Pod, as well as our Facebook at The Graveyard Shift Pod. Our Twitter is GS underscore Horror Pod. And if you wish to support the show financially, visit us at patreon.com slash graveyard. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help support the show and get bonus content. The theme for The Graveyard Shift is As Brutal As It Ever Was by Technoaxe. Visit their website at technoaxe.com and their YouTube channel for more royalty-free music. Thank you for listening, and as always, stay spooky. Ha 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 